And Hello. ladies and gentlemen, live from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, it is the Smoking Tobacco Show. I am Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com, and I'm joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. Jonathan oh, M. Carney from the Flor Dominicana, as well as my new fiance, Smoking Nicole, <laughs> is right here next to me. Uh, and before we go any further, uh, John Carney, hello. Um, congratulations. I heard you got engaged. Yes. Congratulations, <laughs> John. Before, congratulations to both you. Um, I did get engaged, but before we get into anything about that stuff, thank you. But I, I feel like I haven't been on the show for like ever. It's true. You haven't been on. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, been a little sure, while. Right? It's been a little while, but uh, you know, we, we you know, you're you're here now. I mean, that's that's what matters, right? You know, I mean, it's you got other I mean, things I going guess, on. I get it. I guess all those other shows were just irrelevant. Oh God, <laughs> are we are we really gonna start it? Are we really gonna get into this right away? We'll <laughs> save it. We'll we'll get into that in a little bit. So so yeah, it's been a few weeks. I'm glad to be back. I've been watching the shows on my own. Um, on the time there, I was—I uh, just had a lot going on. I had, a, we had two events, I think, and then there was a screw-up, and one of the events didn't quite work out well with the live broadcast, so we did it the next Thursday. Um, but I'm here. I'm back. There's tons to talk about. You all are still live in Vegas. Yes. Great. We are. Yes. And uh, I think there's an endless amount of things for us to talk about tonight, and the best thing is there's an endless amount of things for me to give my opinion about. So uh, <laughs> this should be a really exciting show. So we do have... Normally, I don't have a time limit on the show, but we do have dinner reservations, and then we're going to see Penn and Teller at the Rio. Yes. So we are going to be done by, what is it, 9 o'clock time over there, 6 yeah. o'clock. So we have like good two hours. If we can't get a lot of done in two hours, we yeah. I don't think we're going to get to all of it, but if we can't make a dent <laughs> in two hours, I don't know what. So uh, I guess whatever's left over, we'll have to get to on spare notes with William Cooper, who also I know has a lot to say about what just happened over the last couple of days. <sighs> by the way, two hours? Two hours? That's more than enough time for our show. I, I know. think we're fine. I'm just saying. We ha I'm just saying we don't have to rush. We have we plenty of time. We'll take it slow. Slow ride. Um, <laughs> take it easy. It sounds like the two of you have potentially been partaking in some adult beverages. Okay. So we... Well, downed, it is Las Vegas. It is Las Vegas. <laughs> we down two margaritas before the show. Sorry, guys. So we're a little bit wild. And I have this bottle of Corbell celebrating... Our engagement. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time. It's a celebratory so time. It's a celebratory be, city. Yeah, so no? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I think I'm gonna be the only one smoking because I'm assuming you all mm -hmm. don't have a smoking room there. No, we, we no. couldn't get one here. So I did just have a cigar, but cool. so I'm oh, going yeah. to I'm gonna light something up right now. I'm lighting up the Regency Cigar Emporium in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Ooh. I'm lighting up the 25th anniversary Maduro, which will be uh, available for our July 28th gourmet smoke session. This is the Maduro version. We also have a natural version. Um, so this is really cool. It looks awesome. It's based off our Oro blend. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's this is actually our Oro Maduro uh, blend that we have there that we've made for them. And the Oro Maduro is the one in the gold tubes. Yep. And I believe if we have our if we have our segment for that, that's a cigar that can be found on twoguyscigars.com. Uh, the Oro, the LFD Oro. Um, so that's a really nice smoke, and I'm looking forward to trying this. This is the second one that I've smoked, and I'm the only one other than Tony and Lito who has physically smoked this, and I've been bragging to the owner of the store today um, that I've been smoking the cigar, and he's not. 
so uh, there we go. Regency Cigar Emporium is our Oro blend, and uh, you can find the Oro in the meantime at our friends at twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. Two. Two. <laughs> guyscigars.com. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, obviously the elephant of the room is, you know, the two of us attended uh, the Premium Cigar Association trade show 2021. Um, which began uh, last Saturday. The festivities began Friday, but the, the show itself began Saturday, and it ran through Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of things that happened uh, that we can get into in terms of uh, there's drama that happened. There's some good things that came of the show. Uh, there's some interesting, odd things that came. Of, I won't say bad, but there's some odd things that came of the show. Uh, there's a few problems that need to be addressed. And we want Carney's take on it. And, we were, and, and as you guys know, <laughs> La Flor Dominicana did not attend the trade show, and I want to make this clear, and, and, and John can obviously um, defend himself as well as the company here. Uh, on a serious note, uh, they did not attend. They did not exhibit. Uh, but, John, from what we've talked about, that was a business decision based on um, operations and stuff like that within the company, not because there was any other reason to not attend the trade show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for us, we, we weren't trying to prove a point. Um, you know, it was a very busy, challenging last 16 months, and it's still challenging uh, with with all sorts of businesses in terms of availability of products, supply and demand. Like I went to try to buy uh, with, with my fiance, uh, I went to try and buy a Bosch dishwasher for the last three months. I just can't get one. Um, it's because there's too many orders; they can't produce them fast enough. Uh, so our focus this year uh, was really to get our factory back to full production. Um, and we literally just did that over the last like 10 days. Um, so it's going to take some time. And the, the really a, a trade show uh, where you'd be displaying new products, having specials or deals. We don't traditionally do a lot of those. But where you're incentivizing sales really was going to detract from our ability and Lido's ability and Tony's ability and all of our ability to get the factory back to where it needed to be. Um, you know, and the, the benefit that we saw was uh, for us, stepping away from that was going to allow us to focus on that and get the cigars for our retailers, which is what they really needed. Um, now, are there things that we would like to see improve? Yeah, absolutely. There's things we'd like to see improve with everything, <clears throat> most certainly. But, uh, you know, that was the very small, small portion of what it was. And I'll be honest, it was, uh, it was fun to kind of watch the show from a different view. I certainly miss the social side of it. Um, I miss seeing the large amount of retailers that we get to see. Uh, I, I know that it was probably a lighter year in terms of attendance, just naturally because of COVID, um, you know, stepping out from that. Um, so it's, even then, it's still the largest get-together of, pre of premium cigar retailers in the world. Um, so it was, you know, I missed that side of it. But um, it was interesting to watch it from afar. Uh, but it, there, there was some stuff. I got some comments and I got some opinions on things. So when we get into that and you're ready, I can, I'm ready to go. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to roll any punches. Well, I would say I'm going to give probably my, my, I'll try to be as brief as I can without wasting too much time and whatnot, but because the, there's a lot of stuff that happened, but I'll give my, my brief rundown of the trade show itself as a whole. Um, so I would say the first thing is the most anticipated person or booth or company, whatever, to exhibit at the trade show had to be Michael Herklotz and Ferry Otago. Now, everyone knows, or at least if in the industry, you know, if you're not in the industry, you haven't heard, you know, if you've heard of Nat Sherman, Nat Sherman obviously closed up shop uh, last year, you know, including the townhouse, um, which, you know, it was an old company. They've been around a long time, a lot of, you know, a lot of history there, and uh, they made some great stuff, but they closed up shop, 
And Michael Herklotz was actually able to form a new company um, called Ferriotego, which is the, the name of his uh, family coat of arms, which means uh, loosely what Michael has said, it means I strike, I defend. Um, and the logo is their family crest. So, uh, And he will be bringing back a lot of the lines from Nat Sherman, such as like Metropolitan, Timeless, uh, from the same factories, they're going to have the same look, the same band. The only thing is that's going to be different, Michael claims, will be that it'll, instead of be saying exclusively made for Nat Sherman International, it'll say made exclusively for Ferry Otego. Um, he claims it'll be nothing more than just a hiccup in production, and it'll just keep on going into, you know, obviously a new company. Um, so he was there along with his uh, business partner, and they did not have any cigars to sample or to exhibit um, because they're still being... Uh, banded, packaged, and boxed, and everything like that, so that they can get their release out later this year. He did, however, actually have two of the boxes on display, which I thought was interesting, and you can and you can see that uh, kind of on, on the Smoke and Tobacco channels. Uh, it's up online, but it was really nice. He had that same, like, cardboard outer box, the velvet sleeve box trio that you would see maybe on Atabe Byron, Cohiba Bahike, uh, it's kind of the stuff like that. So really like high-end, luxurious packaging. Inside the box, really nice. He had the uh, the separator on the bottom that was um, perforated, if you will, with the um, the rectangular holes in it. And beneath was the humidity pack. Uh, so that way you can allow your cigars to stay humidified inside the box that the cigars come in. And uh, I, was, I was also told that it does come with a pack in it from the factory. So... When the boxes ship with the cigars in it, they'll have a humidity pack inside all the way through shipping and as they sit on the shelf and whatnot in cigar shops. So a lot of, you can tell a lot of thought, a lot of creative uh, influence went into the packaging of that. And it definitely screams high-end, ultra-premium cigar. Yeah, the navy and the gold look beautiful. Very, too. very beautiful. Matte finish Sleek. box, navy, gold. <clears throat> very beautiful. Uh, my estimate... Speaking with a couple other people and basically what I saw and the little bit that I got from Michael Herklotz, I, I'm going to guess that the Ferry Otego cigars themselves are going to be somewhere around the $20 per cigar uh, price point. Um, you just, I get really nice quality, really high end. I, I think that's really the, the image that you know they're going for yeah. here. Just from, the, <clears throat> just from the box, and by the way, if anybody's interested, uh, you can jump on YouTube. Uh, at smoking tobacco and check out all the covers that Matthew and Nicole had. And by the way, Nicole, fantastic job with the video work. Uh, it was <laughs> Thank excellent. You. And the Thank you very much. Stuff. Yeah, it really, it really stood out. Now, I, I think Facebook too also has my algorithm set up since a, since a part of the show that I see more of the stuff. But it did come across my feed real nicely when you all posted it up, so it uh, really stood out. But yeah, you can jump on YouTube and check out all that stuff. But when when I saw the packaging, I thought the same thing too uh, with the Ferro Tago. I was like, that's that's going to be fifteen to twenty bucks um, just based off of what the package looked like. Right. <clears throat> and one of the one of the schools of thought, and kind of I don't know if this is a standard, but it seems to kind of be this way, is I judge essentially the price of the cigar initially based off of how much the package costs to produce. So um, he's probably 15 to 20 bucks for that package uh, on, on there. So it's probably 15 to 20 bucks for a cigar. I said, that's not really industry standard by any means, but it seems to be that way more often than not. Um, a lot of the things that, that we've done, it just seems to naturally pop up, like the cost of the package is what the cost of the cigar is um, at the end of the day. <clears throat> so it's kind of interesting to watch that. Um, I thought, or, I, you know, I thought it was, 
I watched the um, the video you had with with Michael, and I thought he did a great job displaying there and whatnot. It, it's got to be freaking tough, and had to been brutal for him not to be able to have cigars. Um, I know that he did have some of the brands there. You and I had talked about that, but you know, I, I know it's super tough not having cigars. But I will say, a few years back, I think <clears throat> when Steve Saka started launching his uh, his brand with Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, he didn't have any cigars either. Um, and he was doing kind of the same thing, and it worked out pretty well for uh, for Saka. So I think I think Michael will be fine. I think it was great for him to be there and not change his plans because of the availability of the product. I think it was very important for that brand to be there. And, uh, and yeah, it was definitely the the most highlighted and the most you know, reputation behind one of the new brands that was there for sure. Yeah, that was a really good booth, and it was really good to see Michael and catch up and, and kind of hear a little bit more about you know what he you know expects for. Um, you know, closer now that we're closer, I would say to availability. So, um, so hats off to him doing a great job. Uh, the other new booth, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say new booth, but the most anticipated cigar itself, I feel like with Saka's, um, Stillwell. Yeah, so yeah. Saka introduced a new cigar called the Stillwell Star, and that cigar is gonna be it's four different cigars within the line. Uh, and by that, I mean they all use the same – they're all 6x52. They all use the same Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Mexican San Andreas binder, but the four different fillers are all going to be um, pipe tobaccos, um, which I know he's working with Jeremy Reeves from uh, Cornell and Deal um, on this cigar. So it's it's very interesting. Um, it's it's different. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see – we have some samples of it. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm that curious. That was the one with the most hype. Yeah, that I would say, say that was the one with the most hype. And you know, and anything Saka. I mean, the thing with him is he's good at marketing. You know, he knows how to. He he's got a cult following. He's good at marketing. He's very you know accessible on social media. He you know he's on social media. He could really build the hype. He can, you know he, if anyone can sell it, it's him. Uh, how the public actually perceives it is a different story. And that's, I think, what we're really excited to see as time goes on and it's out there and it's available. But, I mean, I've spoke to some retailers who said, you know, they bought it, they ordered it, they're going to carry it. Uh, but they still kind of question how much of a home run it's really going to be, um, which I think is normal, especially in any, any new release. But a new release that's very different than any other regular cigar that's on the market. Um, but, again, it kind of goes back to the whole it's it's Saka, it's Dunbarton. If anyone can do it, it's him. Um, yeah, he's gonna do good. He's gonna it's gonna do well. And by the way, you know the one thing that I find incredibly nice about Saka's presentation of the products is they're very clean looking. Like the bands are clean. There's not a lot of extra space. They're not massive bands. Um, it looks right. really nice on the cigar. Um, so the the cigar really presented itself well. And I, there's no doubt that probably the blend's gonna be something that the consumers are going to enjoy. You know, he tends to really blend uh, towards what the consumers want you know he's really in touch with them and very accessible so i i think that's probably going to be a huge success yeah i'm really excited to see that and to try the cigar as well um like i said we have some of them and we, we just haven't gotten to them yet but really excited to try that and check that out uh, another booth that made its first showing at the trade show but is a brand that is not new uh, it's new to the United States, but it is the El Septimo booth. Now, El Septimo is a brand that's uh, um, an ultra-premium cigar brand that's been around for, I want to say it's about 20 years now. Uh, Europe, Asia, I know that's parts Africa. of Africa. Yep. So all the other parts of the world, they're in Russia. 
but they're making they, their debut in the United States. I think they came out last year uh, in terms of you know being in cigar shops, but obviously this is their first PCA trade show, first time exhibiting, so a lot of us really didn't really get to interact with them. We sat down and we talked with uh, Zaya, the CEO of El Septimo, and uh, you can see that interview on Smoking Tobacco slash uh, YouTube.com slash Smoking Tobacco. Um, Interesting stuff. They they got some really high end, really expensive cigars. I mean, their range is anywhere from I want to say sixteen to twenty to they have hundred dollar cigars. So it's it's one of those brands that is it's new, it's flashy. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that competes with brands like Davidoff, Atabay Byron. Uh, you know, those really high end, expensive cigars uh, that are on the market now. So. Uh, it, it, I, I know they're – I can't remember if all of them were, but I know the majority of them, they're all made in Costa Rica. Uh, so it's another, you know, one of those They're brands. all made in Costa Rica, but they have a blend of tobacco. That's yeah, that, that, yeah, that's Some correct. Some of them are Costa Rican Puro. Some of them are Puros from Costa some Rica. Of some of them are not, but they're all made in Costa Rica. Um, okay. They were introducing they, – they were showcasing their cigars and some of what they're calling their, their old packaging. They had some, some clear colored acrylic boxes for the different lines. And they said they were trying to get away from that and go back into the traditional cedar box with like the nice lacquer finish um, because the customers didn't really like the way the plastic boxes, um, you know, kept up the cigar quality within humidors and on shelves. So they're transitioning away from that. They are also introducing a new line um, that was at the show. It's seven different cigars that are all based off of um, painters and artists, like old, you know, Italian painters and whatnot, like Michelangelo and stuff like that. Uh, and they even have a, a seven-cigar calendar. I'm sorry, not calendar, sampler. Uh, the calendars is another thing we have to get into. Um, yep. But they have a seven-cigar sampler from that collection with one of each of the ones in that line. Um, and I can't remember the the, uh, the price point on that one, but uh, it was really nice. It, it, very colorful-looking display, really nice booth. They were also exhibiting some luxury items. Um, Zaya <laughs> told us that you know they have they had some really high-end, like, women's purses and bags on display at the booth that retails somewhere between like three and four thousand dollars and and Zaya had said that the, the mentality behind that was you know uh he thought of his wife and you know smoking cigars and he was like you know if my wife had a four thousand dollar El Septimo handbag she would be okay if I was smoking <coughs> El Septimo cigars um so that's kind of how he kind of got that marketing play into it Personally, I don't think that works because I wouldn't want a $4,000 El Septimo handbag. I would want a Louis Vuitton bag <laughs> for that price. Yeah. Just saying. Well, Just they, saying. Well, they, obviously didn't, they obviously didn't convince you at the booth that that's the handbag. Uh, and not, and yeah, not, they and, didn't. And not for nothing, not to, to gloat or anything, but just only because of the sake of this argument, you actually did just get a Louis Vuitton bag, and it was <laughs> uh, like half of that. So yeah. I mean, it was cheaper than four thousand. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, <laughs> you know, you can still get a Louis Vuitton bag for less than that, and you know, but hey, you know, if people are buying it and he's and he's making money on it, good for him. Uh, he, yep. you know, that that's part of doing business. So, I, I mean, maybe maybe not hey, for you. I don't hey, care. Take, I don't carry a handbag, but take um, it take it from me. I'm telling you, the high end accessories in the premium cigar business are challenging. I, I sell a twenty thousand dollar cutter. Um, oh yeah. It takes time to move those things. Now, if you have an, an outside influence where you can go to a different market and sell that, it's a little bit different. Uh, but if you're going to be trying to sell four and five thousand dollar handbags or more, 
um, or 10, 15, 20, $30,000 accessories. It's a very limited uh, market that you're going to be selling to. Even more than, you know, even a person that buys $100 cigars might not be in the market for a $20,000 cutter, um, no. you know, or a $10,000 handbag. So it's really challenging. A lot of people have done a lot of luxury stuff, um, you know, in the market. You look at like SD DuPont, they're not just lighters and cutters, they're pens, baggage. You know, they, they've got a really diverse portfolio and a really expanded, you know, they sell them other places other than just cigar shops. Um, so, you know, I'm sure El Septimo probably does that as well. And that might be a, a side thing. You know, maybe, well, maybe the cigars are side. Maybe maybe the, the luxury products are actually their primary stuff. Well, they're actually in a couple different industries. So they have, um, they do wine. They yeah, have they their, do wine yep. as well. Um, so they're, they're kind of all over the yeah. place, but you know, hopefully it works out for them. You know, they seem to be doing good in other parts of the, in other parts of the, uh, the, the world rather, sorry. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they, they take on the United States market and the, and the things that they're doing. Uh, and it's funny that we're, you know, we're on the topic of luxury goods and accessories. You know, another interesting thing that happened is ST DuPont was exhibiting, uh, out of a different booth this year. They were at the Coles of London booth, who is their new, uh, distributor, and so we got to see some of the stuff from them. Nothing really new. They have their new Odyssey collection, which is based on space and all that. Um, there's a cutter, a lighter, a pen. I can't remember what else, but you know, you know how they do it with their with their limited edition collections. They have the the lighter that's part of the the shuttlecraft lander, whatever whatever it's called. There, uh, it, it's a it's a whole display. Uh, real beautiful stuff, high end, um, but nothing else that's really new from ST Dupont. Um, but again, it's one of those things, it's those luxury goods, they're all over the map. I mean, who doesn't love the way those lighters ping when you flip them open? I mean, come on. Ping. Ping. Yeah, I got <laughs> Guys, speaking of accessories, I just found, um, last night, so I'm slowly transitioning away from, uh, my Miami abode and I'll be locating to the uh, Orlando lady friend. Uh, estate. She but can't I be called your lady. She can't. Hold on, hold on. Before yeah. you, I want you to continue. She, but yeah. she can't Absolutely be the. No, she's no. she's gonna be Mrs. Carney soon. Oh, yeah. So. She's not my lady friend anymore. No, no. she's no. gonna be Mrs. Carney. <laughs> All right. So speaking of the ping. All right. I got the nice. I got this one. I don't even know what this is called, but I got it. Um, but I found my Ellie Blue. I lost this Ellie Blue lighter that I got from the trade show three years ago, and I just found it when I was going through some of my things. I thought it was gone. Uh, so I was always a big fan of the LA Blue lighters. Um, so I found one. Uh, so that was a big find. But I think the biggest accessory at the show this year, certainly on your end, was the the, the Opus X 25th anniversary accessories. Good grief. Oh, my God. Wow, yeah. They were beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Uh, really high you, end. You can, tell, you can tell those were really nice. Because even the shitty pictures that I saw people take of them looked friggin' great. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, man, that looks great. Like, I'm like, wow. And you could tell it wasn't the best picture. It was like a camera phone. I mean, it even looked great on camera, like really bad pictures. They even had, like, slots in the side for the Boveda, the Boveda pack. So, like, you couldn't see them. They were concealed. I feel like so that's the trend moving forward. When you, op if, when you open the box, has the tray, but in the back and the bottom along the back wall, are the wooden slots like Boveda makes to slide the pouches in so they're out of the way. Uh, the box comes with all that installed with pouches in it. Um, and actually, I believe he said it comes with, if I could be wrong here, but I thought I heard him say 
it comes with the 84% packs. Yeah, to season. To season yeah. it, as well as, like, I think it comes with, like, 69s or 72s for use after. So, I mean, when you get the humidor, I mean, that thing is ready for you to install. You don't have to buy anything, use anything. Granted, they're very high in price. But, you know, out of the box, ready to roll to get you going to put your cigars in there. Uh, really <coughs> cool stuff. They're, they're three-finger cigar holders with the sleeve. Uh, those are made entirely out of carbon fiber. So not only are they really strong, but they're extremely lightweight. Uh, and the finish on them is just magnificent. They come in a variety of different colors and designs. Um, so that was a really another eye-catching They have the beautiful Glen Cairns. Oh, yeah, they did. They had yep. the glassware. They had humidors, cutters, lighters from Alley Blue. Yep. Um, the, the cigar holders. Just a really, really beautiful collection. Uh, I think that's going to be... I think it's one of those colors that's going to keep on growing and there'll be new items added, new designs and all that. But for now, even what they're starting with is impressive. Yeah. But it is crazy. I, uh, so I talked to a lot of people when they were current, when they were at the show. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of retailers there, you know, that I have good relationships with. And uh, so I did, I was talking to people during the show. We were doing some business over the phone. And uh, the one booth that I heard everybody talk about and that kept, kept catching my eye online was the J.C. Newman booth. Mm. Oh, and yeah. Freaking cool. I would have loved to see that in person. 2,000 yeah. pieces of cardboard. So the J.C. Newman booth, um, it, it was supposed to be a mirror image, right, of their actual factory um, in Ybor City. And so it had 2,000 pieces of cardboard. It was beautiful. And they even did a display on the inside, um, which is uh, reminiscent of their... Um, like their museum inside. So they had brought like full on displays from which the museum. We, which we were just at t when we were down in Florida with you, John. And yeah. um, so we had just been there for the new renovated factory and to come to the show and see it replicated on a smaller scale was like, oh my God, wow. It actually, like having been there, I'm like, wow, this actually looks and pretty I damn believe, good. <laughs> I believe they did win the best booth. So they do have awards. and Yeah, they, they did get an award the for that. Award, but it was a sight to see for sure. Absolutely. I thought John was going to chime in there. I know, so right? I, w I, like, waited. No. I waited for He's him to chime in. He brought it up, <laughs> and then he just sat there like. Nope. Well, so, the so we could talk <laughs> about the worst booth. Well, well, I'll, we can get into that because I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but the it's just disrespectful. Just don't go. Second, yeah. on the Jason Newman one, I thought it was really cool, too, how they had, like, the – they had, like um, – Umbrella tables out around it and things like that. Too. That was the that was that was the well. that was the Fuente yeah. booth. Yep. Yeah, and it was just it looked really cool. It was like a great little lounge spot, and that, those two those two things that at the Fuente booth. I I know they had that nice centerpiece too, which was nice. Um, it looked really. I mean, it was beautiful. Um, I liked the little sit down area, and I definitely uh, like I said the J C Newman one. If J C Newman would take like some sit down areas like that, like Fuente did with the umbrellas outside. That'd be really cool. So there's definitely some really cool ideas um, that were there. And there's some things that I definitely looked at, um, you know, if we were to make some changes and some adjustments um, or whatnot, or if I were, you know, if somebody asked my opinion, what, you know, what they would do with the booth, I thought the making it like, I've always said this with the, the PCA show, when we do events in cigar shops, we want it to be an experience, right? It's got to be enjoyable. It's got to be fun. Why don't we make the show the same exact way so like when you walk into the booth it's like being at an event and you when you went to the, the when you went to that jc newman booth it was like showing up for a theme park it was like a cigar theme park 
Um, you know, and then when you went to the, the Fuente booth, some of these other booths, you know, it was like sitting out in a lounge area. You know, it was really, it, for me, it looked like those were two different situations that really understood, like, hey, we're going to change this a little bit, but then really, you know, paid off at the same time and really had a good experience. So I got to comment on something because it, it seems to be the top. There's a topic going on in the comment section that really has nothing to do with <laughs> anything we're talking about. And I feel like I just need to address it. Um for whatever reason, because that's everyone keeps talking about it. Yes, um, I currently am in the position in the possession of a 2018 Shelby GT350. Um, <laughs> that yes, I did take to Shelby American down the street as I as I always visit when I'm in town. Um, so yeah, I do have it with me. I will have it <laughs> until Saturday. Uh, it is cool and it is fast. We are loving it, um, and I cannot tell you how we acquired it. That's all I'm gonna say. But anyway, we can continue the show now. <laughs> you know, and then you know, getting into the uh, getting into the discussion on the the worst booth thing. Obviously, the conversation was the Caldwell thing. Um, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Why even go? Uh, you know, if you're going to go and try to make a, if you, were they going and trying to make a statement? Maybe, but uh, it just, if you're going to go and you're going to disrespect it, if you're going to be there, you might as well do it. If you don't, just don't go. Well, it, 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 there's a couple different things here with this topic because, number one, there's their incident, which is an isolated incident in itself. But then there's the incident that's kind of related in the fact that there was a few other people who packed up and left early. Uh, yeah, they were one of them. There was a few others. And I feel like one of the changes that the PCA show needs to make is if you're coming out here, you're paying to exhibit it should be you are there for the whole show. You're there when we begin, and you break down when we're done. None of this leaving early stuff. You know, I don't care if the last day is a little quiet. So what? Uh, there's other people. You know, there that maybe there's some smaller retailers or whoever that maybe they just, they they first time retailers. They did a lot of buying. They couldn't get to everyone right away. And you know, then there's media people like us who didn't get to interview. Yep. Certain people because they packed up early. I know Coop had the same problem, you know, and he had a team of four with him, and they did a hell of a job. So, so I want to hats off to the Cigar Coop team too, yep. but as well as the How About That Cigar guys, Garrett and Matt, you know, they all did a great job. Uh, but th it was challenging because, you know, we, we're at the trade show. We don't want to interrupt business. We don't want to get in the way. The, the retailers who are buying come first, uh, which is a whole other topic we need to get into as well. Um, but, you know, that being said, we might need the whole time of the show. You got to stay for the whole show. And in the in the case of Caldwell, you know, a social media post went up. I want to say it was Sunday night or so, um, with a note being like, "Oh, um, worst booth award," and thank you to the seventy five retailers who came. Um, I thought I heard through the grapevine, <coughs> through some of the people at PCA, there was fifteen hundred retailers who came. So I, I well, you know, they they said they said thank you for the seventy three retailers that came and they went to go get tacos and whatever and they closed the booth. But I'll and, be honest, and they I'll left they left all their cigar yeah, but, boxes and trash behind. Yeah, but hold up, it seems like they've always kind of had an attitude or a chip on their shoulder of if they know better than everybody else. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like when you do that kind of stuff, that's make it makes it seem like that's what you are and that's what you think. Um, so if, if you didn't, part of the people that were at that booth are people that I'm friends with and they're professionals in the cigar business and they know what the cigar industry is about and they would have an understanding and a professionalism there to make that decision. So I don't necessarily think it was all of them, but there's always been this little attitude around, around that, uh, around that name and around what they're doing. And it's always been, uh, you know, I don't know him personally, but it's always kind of been, in my opinion, looking at it, we've never interacted the two of us ever. 
Um, it's always kind of seemed like they just, you know, he just thinks he's a little bit better than everybody else. The booth itself was not very involved compared to some of the other booths that were there. There were smaller companies who really took the time to build up their booth and things. So, you know, I don't know if that's indicative of how how many people came to their booth. I mean, it was pretty... There wasn't a lot to it compared to yeah. some of the other ones. Uh, if you're going to show up for the game, you got to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was from the beginning. Gonna, if you're going to show up to the game and don't play, you, you might as well just not have shown up. And you know what? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they just lost the, you know, the, the drive to want to play. And they said, you know what? Hey, we'll forfeit and just call it good. And, and then they created a little bit of commotion on the way out that got some you know, uh, some attention. Which, which by the way, attention, it's unneeded attention. I, I Again, not to use a term, but I think, honestly, the attention they got for it is really just irrelevant. Hmm. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we uh – you know, we saw with them is you know we we approached the booth on several different occasions and and they just seemed very uninterested. So, you know, and, and that's difficult. But uh, it, it, they just had had that vibe the whole time. Like ah, uh, like they were all like there was there was several different times they. It's from was, day one. Like from day one yeah. when there was no one in the booth and they were all just kind of sitting around. Like and we'd approach and we would stand there glancing at what the little they had. Uh, and they wouldn't even look at us. They were just kind of like, uh, whatever. I yeah, just but, don't but care. I kinda, I've always, I've always kind of got that vibe for the last several years. Um, you know, and I, I said it, that's kind of how I always felt of it. It's like, you know, there's a, there's a point where it's like, well, you can buy the cigars or not. But at the end of the day, I said, if you're going to show up to the game, play, if you're not going to, if you don't want to play, then don't go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like. Perfect example, you know, someone like yourself who, you know, maybe it wasn't a smart business move to, to you know, pay to go out and do the show because, you know, like you said, you want to get caught up on some stuff. But, you know, even if you had went and said, we're not taking on any new customers or we're not really doing a lot of orders, but we're here to represent, you would still work that show the best of your ability, even though you weren't really doing a lot of business. They were there with the potential to do all the business in the world and they just didn't seem to want it. So, you know, there, there really is no excuse you know, to, to show up at a show and not do anything. I mean, look at Michael Harcourt. Michael Harcourt had nothing to sell. But he, he didn't was, even have cigars. But he, he was there. Out. But he, he was there. He, did. he didn't trash his booth at the end of the time. I'll be honest, guys. I I'm really don't want to talk about Caldwell anymore. I think they're disrespectful. I think that whole move was was, um, was too much. And there's a lot of positive stuff. We, we can get into some more negative things in a bit. But I think there's pauses from that. But, I mean, if they, if they didn't want to be there, so why are we giving them the time? Absolutely. Well, I think I want to hit the news segment really quick um, to kind of give us a little break from the trade show talk, which, I mean, it's a little related to the trade show because it, it debuted at the show. But um, our new segment is brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. McAuliffe Cigars become – sorry, a little break there. <laughs> uh, that, that's lunch. That's the lunch yeah. coming back up. Uh, McAuliffe Cigars, uh, become an ambassador today at McAuliffeCigars.com. Um, it's a great club to be in. Uh, get your coin and be all about the McAuliffe Ambassador Program. Uh, Alec Bradley had announced – um, earlier over the, I think it was last week, they came out like on Friday, right right as the trade show began, um, that they were doing a new factory for their Gatekeeper cigar. Um, and uh, they're moving it from EP Carrillo. I'm sorry, the page just, I had my notes in front of me and see, this is what happens. Um, sorry, they're moving it from EP Carrillo to Tobacco State Oriente in Danley, Honduras. Um, you know, we, we talked to Bradley Rubin a little bit about this in our interview, I believe. Um, they made the decision, you know, EP Carrillo, they got, they got two number one, you know, cigars of the year that they're trying to produce right now. They, you know, they got the pledge last year. So, um, you know, they're definitely, they're, 
they're trying to produce all those that they can. There's a high demand there. As you know, I mean, you guys got Cigar of the Year with 2016 with Andalusian Bowl, and that was a cigar that went from being somewhat available to now if you if you find Andalusian Bowl. And this no, and this isn't like a jab or anything. You know, it's this is just the the nature of the game. You know, cigar gets cigar of the year. Everybody wants it, and now it's flying off the shelf. Did you show John his present? Oh no, we can get into that later <laughs> off the air. Um, but so you know, it's natural. They get they get two cigars of the year, and you know, they get a lot of production, and then everything else with production delays and everyone else's experience. And so I think they had to make a tough call there. But uh, we actually yep. were able to smoke the new gatekeeper from Alec Bradley yep. um, from the new factory. And I got to say, it was really good. A lot of smoke production, really flavorful, burned right, really, really good cigar. So I think they're going to have some good success with that. Uh, that's my first-hand yeah, experience. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, Alan Rubin's a great guy, and Alec and Bradley are both really good, uh, you know, really good uh, – representations of that family brand not just by name by how they represent themselves i'm sure it was a challenging decision to switch that over <clears throat> but i mean everybody's trying to play catch up so a company like them who's got contracted brands with multiple manufacturers I mean, look at herklotz was herklotz knew the show was coming up he probably tried everything he could do to get cigars there and right. still yeah. tar hard so you imagine how much these contract brands and even though they're heavily involved in the process getting them actually produced on a consistent basis where you can elevate them to scale um, is really hard. So I'm sure it was a tough decision for them, but they have to be able to move the cigars and they have to get their brands out there. So it's, you know, they, they make some adjustments, but you know, they work hand in hand and they financially don't cut any corners. Uh, so I'm sure it'll be a great blend and it'll be really essentially a new introduction of a new cigar for the most part. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think they're on the right track. I think they're going to do some good things. You know, after talking with them, uh, you know, it, they get to, they get some other stuff going on that thinks going to be good, um, but you know hey I mean there was a lot of good things that came out of the trade show I mean there was uh, there was a few other people who who changed factories or changed blends on some stuff and you know I I, I would say that the theme of the trade show as a whole was kind of like line extensions uh, more so than anything else yeah, yeah some some people making tweaks to their to their blend or they're changing the factory I know you know 724 Kurt Kendall who we know just from being local um you know they changed their factory for some of their cigars too um amandola you know, did amandola had yep. changed their factory uh so there's some people who made some factory changes some slight blend changes and then the rest of it was really just line extensions we didn't see a hell of a lot of new product you know nova cigar they they introduced their their leo 11 nicaragua as well as their 848 cigar uh, i'm sorry their 484 484 4 cigar yeah. um in addition to you know like Saka came out with the Stillwell star cigars um you know padrone had some show exclusives in their family reserve line in a maduro and natural uh arturo fuente came out with some extensions in the rare pink collection they're adding the sophisticated hooker as well as <laughs> the uh queen yep. of hearts yeah i know yes. right we asked leon so oh, yeah. we, i asked leon i was like you know your dad's your dad's got these crazy names probably like you gotta tell me like where, where did he come up with this and she just chuckled and she's like it actually has to do with a boat <laughs> and she's like he went down on a fishing trip i believe the story yeah. was and the name of the boat was like the the sophisticated hooker. yeah the sophisticated and there was hooker. hooks all over the boat yeah around the boat and so, so that's what he named it after. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, smoked a, I smoked a cigar from Fuente once. It was from uh, the factory. It was called uh, Brain Hemorrhage. Oh, oh really? It was, yeah, it was like uh, it was like our NAS. It was all Lijero, uh, Lijero wrapper binder filler, like a big, long cheroot. And, yeah, it was given to me in New Orleans by a really good friend of mine, Jim Smith. 
Uh, yeah, the brain. I gave him an NAS, and he gave me a brain hemorrhage. And both of us, both of us experienced some strong cigars. So I, I, I didn't have a brain hemorrhage, thank God, but it was very strong. Oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean they. Oh, they also uh, Fuente also had an unnamed reserve uh, that they were coming out with too, which I believe had a uh, a year on it of 2016, 2017, yeah, like a vintage year. Um, so that is also coming out to the market this year. No new news on the uh, Padron Fuente collaboration cigar. I think that's something that's going to be delayed for a little while as, you know, everyone kind of gets caught up with all their other projects in regular production. So no new news on that. Uh, J.C. Newman announced that you know, they were coming out with their double Robusto their double American. Robusto American, which is a different blend, by the way, um, from what we were, what we learned at the trade show. So, I mean, really cool stuff going on. Uh, but most of it's just line extensions. A couple new things, a couple of cool new things, but I would say, John, is, you know, you're more experienced with me in the trade show a lot more than I have. It, trade shows is usually a lot more new releases, special releases, show exclusives, the whole nine yards. Yeah, well, there were there were a ton of PCA exclusives this last year. Oh, I know yeah. Pete Johnson, Pete Johnson had a, TA, uh, had a PCA exclusive. Um, I know Christian Aroa did. Yeah. Um, they, oh, they also CLE and Asylum all announced new cigars. So I think there were a lot of new things there. It's just a lot of those projects, I, I think, are a little bit later in the year. Uh, you know, we're going to end up that way. So there's not right. a lot of hitting, I think, right now type of a thing. Where in the past, you've had this cigars out. We're going to sell it. It's going to be out like in the next three weeks. Um, so I, I think that it, you know, the, the conversation of people getting caught up having such a big year kind of overshadows a little bit of the newer releases. But uh, there, there were a lot of, there's still was shockingly to me, a lot of new products announced. Um, you know, essentially that the Padron, that's essentially a new cigar. I mean, it's a line extension, but it's, it's pretty much a new cigar. That's round too. So it's short, fat and round. I'm really looking forward to trying that when that comes out. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think naturally you're going to have a trend of people were backed up trying to play catch up talking about new products but not necessarily having samples and supplies right there at the show you know it was really a different uh a different focus on that i'm sure i'm gonna grab something here while we <laughs> continue the show just so i can maybe showcase oh my God. maybe i can showcase really? a couple of things well i'm not gonna pull the whole thing up i'm just gonna i'm gonna look for a couple of certain items that are here as we as we talk but you know yeah so i mean that that's kind of the take on on what's new and whatnot at the show uh I just heard the ping. Look at this. <laughs> Dude, who doesn't want ping. that? You know what I mean? Ping. Ping. Um, I, honestly, I think I'm going to buy. I think I'm going to get one while we're out here. I might just I might just drink too much and go buy one at the Davidoff store. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so. I think that might be how I got this one. You got drunk and bought it at the Davidoff store? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's about to happen to me tonight. I'm not going to lie. Um, but anyway, so what was I going to. Oh, here's the. Uh, actually, I have one right here. This is the. Uh, the Alec Bradley. The Alec Bradley Gatekeeper. I'm a little far away from the camera. So I have one of them right there. Good, great, great cigar. Um, as Kevin said uh, in the chat, Kevin Akoff, um, the Honduran is, is good, if not maybe a little better than the original. Uh, I, I would I would agree with that. That was a great cigar. Um, oh, I do have one of these. That I don't know how Ooh. many. I don't know if how many, I don't know if anybody actually has one of these yet, so i got to be careful. But uh, I may or may not have found an Asylum 9. At the oh, trade show, <laughs> and uh, that's what I have here. That uh, is a is, nine by ninety. This is a, a nine. <laughs> actually, it actually, it no. Look that crazy. 
it's well. This is not the nine by nine. This oh, is oh sorry. This is this is the seven by seventy. Sorry, the seven by seventy. I don't have the nine by ninety, but it's still an asylum nine, which yeah. I don't I don't even believe is actually fully available yet. But I I do have one. And so. he's gonna smoke it. I am. I'm gonna do it. I mean, I I I, I told who I told who gave it to me that <laughs> I would actually smoke it. It's and so just, big. Um, well, that's what she said. Tom was, Tom was <laughs> a personal friend said. of mine, so. I will actually buy one of the 9x90s and smoke that too. This just is huge. Sake of sporting it. I'm going to like, wait, hold on. I'm going to walk up to the camera here. But like, this is I big. Doesn't look as, it doesn't look as ridiculous, to be honest with you. It like doesn't. On the camera, it doesn't look that crazy. It, I mean, okay, but let's <laughs> compare it to the. That's a Toro in your other hand, right? No. This, That's well, a Robusto. Yeah, it's a Robusto. Oh. Boom. It's oh, this is interesting. So I have with hardy. me right here, um, for those maybe who haven't even seen them yet, uh, these two are from El Septimo. Uh, these are two of their cigars. I'm going to hold them up right here for you guys to see. Um, El Septimo, another big thing about them is they do a lot of larger ring gauge cigars. That kind of seems to be their their forte. Yep. A, lot of, a lot of thicker ring gauges. Um, with a closed foot. Closed foot. Yep. Uh, not only just a closed foot, not, not like a shaggy foot, but it's actually got a, it's the closed foot is pigtailed. I don't know if you guys can see that, but, um, it's actually pigtailed on the foot too. So closed pigtailed foot, larger ring gauge cigar. So there, there's another big cigar actually that, you know, you can mm. kind of showcase a this little bit right there. This smells like chocolate. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, I also have this right here. This is one that hits a little close to home for all three of us. This is the new 724 Hustler five and dime cigar. Sweet. Being made in the new factory, Jesus de Fuego's factory. It's just Jesus Fuego. Jesus Fuego. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of. I'm I thinking. Like of, I'm thinking. Just, of, I'm I thinking just, of. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. En Fuego. That's here down the street. Jesus de Fuego. Yeah. Jesus I'm. Of fire. I'm. I'm thinking of um, En Fuego Cigar Lounge down the street. Um, I'm trying to see what else here that that's a little new and exciting. Uh, we ran into Battleground Cigars. Um, which is a, which is a fun, cool brand. They had a nice, like, old school, like, Civil War battle tent. Um, like, and the, they're from Hazardville, Connecticut, Enfield, yep. Connecticut. Yep. Yeah, and they have uh, they have a, a, a Lincoln, which comes in this this beautiful tube right here with with the uh, Abraham Lincoln. This this has got John Carney written all over it right here. <laughs> Very patriotic. <laughs> this this like, um, you know, as as well as the uh, the battleground Longstreet. There's another one right there, this uh, little chunky Perfecto uh, cigar that they have here that we got from them. Um, so, yeah, there's some cool stuff. There's another one here. There's a, there's a Mexican Puro that actually Ooh, was debuted yep. at the show as well. I believe this Casa was their first year. It was Casa 1910, and they had a nice, beautiful orange display. A little hard to see. These are the Robustos right here, but this is a Mexican Puro cigar um, that – you know, debuted at the show. I haven't tried it yet. I heard some mixed reviews, but, um, yep. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Information. <laughs> 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 I can't disclose what I just read, but interesting. Um, we also have, I'm trying to see the, the, the all the cigars are in a mess on the floor now. Um, yeah, Matt just dumped his bag everywhere. There's a, we had a huge bag. Uh, I'm trying to, all right, I got two of, Two of the three. Where's the Where's the red one now? Oh, the cannoli. Yeah. Oh, here they are. All right. So I have all three of oh, the. Oh, you did get the cannoli. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, we got all three. Nice. The red, white, and green cannolis from Amendola. Yep. Um, these are awesome. These are cool. They are really uh, good. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's another one there for you. 
Um, Buffalo 10, that was another. Yeah, the Buffalo 10 we got. Uh, we also we ex- experienced K by Karen Berger, um, who was at the show herself. That was a uh, that was a great time. We have the new uh, the Siri E from Crown Heads with that uh, Frankenstein pattern from uh, like the Eddie Van Halen. You might recognize that. Uh, we saw the star of Hacking Gourmet, uh, Brian <laughs> McGee. Um, I bumped in the other <laughs> the other major star, uh, Fred Fred Rui, Fred Rui, formerly of uh, Nomad Cigars, was there as well. Um, so it was a real nice Hacking Gourmet reunion. <laughs> so I haven't been able to see the Crown Heads. The Crown Heads interview with Brian, it, it, it won't let me watch it. I don't know if you guys say it says it's still processing. Oh, uh, we'll have to check to it. Our Wi-Fi is terrible, so we could only get so much up. That might be why. Well, well I we'll, didn't. I didn't realize that, so yeah. I apologize to anyone who's tried to watch that interview. Yeah, we still have. I want to say like maybe six or seven interviews to get up, but most of them are up by now. Yeah, now there's, there's a big pile of cigars on the floor. This is not good. So I'm about halfway through this cigar right now. I'm right up where the Regency cigar logo is. Yeah. It's awesome. It's blowing me away. I freaking love it. Yeah? Super white ash. It's delicious. The Oro Blend's one of my favorites. And uh, this one just looks so freaking cool. So, John, I do have to ask your opinion on something. Okay. And Give it my, to him, question, baby. <laughs> my question <laughs> for you is, do you feel relevant? You gotta be careful with this topic. We're gonna be I know, really but we ha- but we do topic. have to discuss it. We do. We do have to discuss it. So um, I- I'm a person personally that doesn't get too worked up by what people's comments are, and yeah. when you make when you're public and you do something, uh, you know, in a public forum, you open yourself up from comments from peers, uh, from consumers, anyone, uh, you know, and you got to be able to handle that. And I- so I don't take negative things negatively. Um, I don't take comments from people uh, negatively. I take them for what they are. I don't take comments from the peanut gallery. Hey, can I just can I interrupt? Can I, can I interrupt for a second? No, just for, yeah. just so you know, I yeah. bust his balls all the time. He never takes it personally. So I mean, yeah. So I just I don't take <laughs> it too personally by any means. Uh, but I will, you know. So obviously, what we're talking about there was a picture taken with a large group of manufacturers, mostly brand owners. To yep. be honest, there weren't a lot of actual manufacturers. We watched manufacturers. it happening in real time. We happened to yeah. be on the floor, and um, uh, someone had gathered everyone together to take a photo. So so anyway, they took a photo, and it said, if you're not here, you're not relevant. I, I will say one thing at first, just before we get into the, the optics of it. The comment overall was totally irrelevant uh, to me. It had no effect on me. I, I don't think it had any effect on most people other than... I woke up in the morning and I saw it and it just raised my eyebrows. I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, but to me, the comment was irrelevant. Um, it was them in the moment taking a picture, catching a cool catchphrase, very proud of themselves that they were there supporting the PCA show, which they should be. Um, you know, they should be proud of that. That's the thing to be proud of. You should also be proud of the PCA or proud of what you're doing, even if you weren't there. Uh, you know, you're no, there's no different class of, of brands or citizen because there's a tennis there. So I, honestly, I found the comment irrelevant. I found it kind of funny. Um, yeah, you know, I, it, it was an accidental jab at people that they didn't intend on, which was obviously uh, shown by the way that it progressed and changed throughout the day. Um, and I went back and forth if I was going to comment on it. The only comment I made, I made one comment on uh, on a post that I believe is Skip Martin, who got really heavily involved in the discussion, which seems par for the course. Um, you know, he's very accessible to that kind of stuff. Um, and the, obviously, their company wasn't there either. Uh, but I did comment on there, you know, that's a really 
uh, you know, a bad way to, for future, uh, sorry, it's going to be challenging for future recruitment, something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you weren't there and the people, you know, they want to try to bring you together, it, you know, you need everybody involved. And, and reality is, you know, Davidoff, um, Drew Estate, General Altidus, th those companies make up probably 35 to 40 percent of the industry. Um, and if they're not there and they don't feel comfortable being there or they don't feel like the partners, the manufacturing and brand partners and participants show don't want them there, um, then why would they? Uh, because they're such a big part of the business. Um, but we need those people there. We need LFD to be back at the show. Um, you know, we need, you know, Roma Craft, anyone who didn't come. Everyone. Uh, we, need, we need anyone who's anyone to be able to be at the show. Uh, so I thought, you know, the comment missed the mark. Uh, but again, to me, the comment was it just of what they said. It was irrelevant. It was as irrelevant uh, to me as anything else. Um, so that's just my actual opinion on it. Now I can take some optics uh, from there. Um, it seems like, you know, on a personal side, if you're just watching it, again, it doesn't matter to me. So I'm going to start before I say any of this. I'm not calling anyone out. Um, and again, I'm not offended by any of it. Uh, Pete Johnson personally reached out to me, um, you know, and essentially apologized and said, no, that wasn't our intention, this and that. Um, you know, I have the utmost respect for, for the LFD company, you know, Lido and Inez and all that. And I really appreciate the friendship with him. And I, you know, to me, it was no, you know, harm, no foul. Um, you know, I said it was irrelevant. Um, you know, and then I had some other funny things, some optical stuff that looked there. But it seems like there's a group of people that try to do things in our industry to get people riled up and, and get them participating. And one thing I will say is I didn't have, besides talking on these shows, I had very little, I had maybe one person from the PCA association, whether they're on the board or whatnot, actually reach out and ask why we didn't attend. Hmm. So instead of putting a post up and saying, if you're not here, you're irrelevant, I wish that energy and time would have been spent to saying, hey, if you weren't here, how can we reach out to you and talk to you about having you be here? Well, I think that would have been the best the best thing to do is instead of telling people that they're irrelevant, we'll do that. And the one thing I will say, it seems like there's a group and it's always the same things. Like there was a comment that was made about a year and a half ago, right during, um, right after Pro Cigar Festival. And it was, it was calling out people that were standing on a stage. And it was, you know, there was one brand owner that went and said something then a bunch of people commented and it was similar people that were in the picture so it seems to be that there's people that are doing things to try to get people riled up i don't think they they mean malice with what they posted there uh, but you know is it worth the time and effort to do all of those things when we could just be professional about it um you know and discuss the differences uh you know behind closed doors rather than out in the open with a with a facebook post but uh, that was one thing that was really interesting to me. It's it seems like there's a you know it's like I wouldn't say serial commenters, but it seems to be there's a little group that gets everybody riled up, and then they all get involved in a bunch of bullshit that doesn't need to be talked about. Well, it was a manufacturer who started this. It was not anyone from the PCA who tried to get people together for the photo. And we won't say who yeah. that person was. But it was a manufacturer and not a message coming from the PCA who started it. Um, cause we watched it. We literally watched it unravel. We were standing there as they were gathering everyone together and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's, it did not come from them. It did not. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, it's, to me, I look at it and a lot of people co-signed and endorsed it. They, they thought it was funny and a fun thing and a, and a rallying call until it started to really, uh, you know, unravel in front of people. It was poor uh, wording. 
Yeah, it was. It was, it just was the, poor it was, wording. It was. It really missed the mark. But again, I have nothing but the utmost respect for everybody that was in that picture. I have nothing but the utmost respect for my friends that happened to share it and post those things. Again, to me, it was totally irrelevant. I can discuss optics all day on it, one hundred percent, and we can. This is for the sake of the show. And some people didn't it, it know totally that that was the reason. that was the verbiage. That was going along with it. There were people who were just getting together thinking it was for a photo, like a group photo of manufacturers. I would say that's, that's a fair true, statement yeah. as well. Yep. True. True. I will say that. There was obviously unknowing. Uh, but when, when do you see a group of people that are getting ordered around and there's a rallying call and person that maybe rallied them together or built it up has been known to be um, divisive in certain things like that? You got to be a little bit more careful, I think. And yep. at the same time, jump out with it. Uh, you know, it wasn't coincident to me. There were certain people that were missing from the photo. Um, you know, I don't know if that was on accident or was on purpose. Uh, but uh, like I said, the whole thing was irrelevant. I, I have nothing but respect for everybody in there. I'm not going to stop supporting Pete Johnson. I'm not going to stop supporting anybody that's in there uh, because of that. And I don't think anybody should or anybody's going to. Um, I, I just thought there was a lot of good positive momentum coming from the show and to be to see that after four days that the culmination of that was the people that weren't there and weren't relevant was 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 the wrong mark to hit because that wasn't what their message was trying to get across and that's not what i think they wanted to get across uh from the show because i i thought there was a lot of positive things i know we talked about this uh kind of off the record but you know were the changes that were there that were positive a result of decisions that were made by the PCA and the board, or was it positive because decisions were made by the participants and the manufacturers where we're going to make smaller booths, we're going to do this. Like nobody, nobody went to Nick Perdomo and said, "Hey Nick, are you going to? We, we need you to put up a smaller booth this year." He decided to do that. Nobody went to Fuente and said, "Hey, we're going to do a more open concept." They did that. Nobody went to Pete and said, "Hey, we need you to not bring your big booth this year. We're going to do this." So I, I think a lot of the things that, that brought it down to earth, I don't know if those were decisions that were made by the PCA and the board. If they were, hopefully that continues on. Um, and, you know, But if they weren't, I think a lot of people saw a lot of positive things uh, from that. As I said, I saw a lot of unique things from different booths, and it just looked like a more uh, open environment and a more, um, you know, a more conducive environment to people being together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the show... I think overall, despite some of the the things that did happen, I think it was a successful show. Considering also, you know, Scott Pierce and his team, they deserve a lot of credit. They put this show together in 100 days. Um, it, when 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 the clock turned to 2021, you know, at the new year, I think people still weren't even sure if we were even going to be here. Uh, but we were. We did it. It was a success. Uh, the show happened, and I think that th they did it the best that they could have with the time that they had to put it together and what they had to put together with. So I think that's important. And, you know, like you said, the other stuff's kind of irrelevant, you know, and uh, it doesn't really deserve any mu much more airtime. You know, we, we discussed it and it's kind of out there. But, um, you know, I would say the only other thing that I would like to bring up in the conversation that I felt was a problem um, at the trade show was uh, they need to seriously comb through who gets on the trade show floor. Uh, I spoke with a lot of manufacturers and a few retailers who specifically told me that this was an issue for them and even gave me specific names of people 
who had interrupted business, uh, caused them to lose orders, disrupted the booth, uh, you know, left the booth a mess, treated the booth like their own personal lounge, and you know, people, you know, it deterred people from coming over and interacting with them because they felt the maybe the booth was too busy or full because people were unnecessarily hanging out in the booth who really didn't have any business being there uh, to begin with. Um, and a lot of it comes from the uh, the controversial, uh, I would say, nameplate nameplate of it of the uh, the influencers, which you know those people, you know, and I had expressed that frustration, you know, we beha- on behalf of a lot of people at that trade show floor uh, online, and uh, you know some of those people took some offense to that, but at the same time, you know, people usually get very defensive when they know they're wrong. Uh, that's my takeaway from it. I know speaking with Scott Pierce, there's some specific people that came up in conversation and um, he said, yeah, that we, we had denied their credentials because we didn't feel that they were as strong enough on the media front that they needed to be here. And yet they found ways to get in anyway. Um, it's it's something that's going to be looked into and revised. Um, and I, I think it's a huge problem. I know, like I said, there was some manufacturers that were extremely frustrated because they lost um, they lost some orders because of that um so john i don't know what your take is on that i know you weren't here i don't know if that's been much of an issue in years past when you've exhibited with lofalo dominicana but that's kind of been the the talk of the town on that subject around the trade show this year yeah i mean i, I would say it's always a point of discussion where who's on the show floor whether it's consumers is that i think really this year since we had all of last year off and the the really the saturation of the premium cigar industry in social media. It was always big, but it became, you know, it's for us event wise, the social media side of it's how we get a lot of our events out there um, and how a lot of discussions happened the last year. So there's obviously a huge influx of influencers, people who take selfies and pictures, uh, but I, I've never, I've never let that interfere with what I'm doing for business. If somebody comes by and I'm busy doing something, you know, I tell them that we're busy. Uh, you know, hey, I'm in a meeting or this and that. I, I'm not available today. Um, you can stop by at this time. Um, if you know, if you're really interested in doing it, um, I have people that come up if they want samples. You know, I, I'm just not giving them out. And if I'm, you know, if I don't have them available, um, or I'm in a meeting, so I think a little bit of that's managing it. And, and unfortunately, if people don't like that, the cigar influencer thing seems to be here to stay. Um, it has an impact. You've got cigar influencers, um, you know, not necessarily just cigar influencers, but people that, that want to be influencers on social media that are part of um, cigar shows, um, you know, and a lot of them do have an impact. Um, but, you know, there is a fine line with what's in the business and what's actually not when it comes to an actual trade show. You know, this isn't an expo. Um, you know, an expo, you would have a lot more, um, a lot less business being done and just more. Uh, displaying of products and more photo opportunities but uh, you know in our industry that's kind of you know it's kind of a you know muddy water of a mix of a little bit of both of you know it seems to people that like this is an expo but really at the end of the day it's a business trade show uh, for you know for manufacturing business partners to do business with their with their business partners so uh, you know I think it's here to stay and it's going to be tough to keep people out and when, as, as long as these influencers have relationships with manufacturing and brand partners, you know, if they have the badges, you can bring the people in. So uh, it's going to be up to the individual booths to kind of manage how they want to manage it, because I, I think it is going to be kind of here to stay. Uh, you may have them discuss it, but at the end of the day, it's kind of hard 
to control what what these people do with their badges that they purchase. Well, they're thinking of financial implications, for sure. Yeah, for that was that in. was talked about too. That there'd yeah. be financial penalties for. Um, I would say I I think both the people who are at the sh- at the show floor who they feel don't deserve to be there as well as th- whoever may have helped to bring them in. Um, yeah, well. You know, that's interesting. They're going to have a really hard time with that because if I buy badges, it's up to me to determine who I want to be there. True. Um, whether I whether I agree with it or not, we don't throw around badges. Um, you know, so that's not something we do. If I bring 20 people, I have, you know, 15 of them are my staff and then, you know, four or five of them are family members. Um, but as long so, as they're at your booth, you know, an yeah, easy way yeah. to separate it is the people who are under someone else's badge and they're constantly walking around. All yeah, day. I would say if you're there under a manufacturer, <laughs> you should be in the booth. I mean, you shouldn't be wandering around the entire trade show if you're there as a manufacturer. I, I agree. But when the manufacturer or the brand person, the person who's participating in there buys the badge, it's going to be really hard to tell them what they can and can't do with the badges if they pay to have them. Um, you know, so it's, I don't. You know, if it's a situation of where they're asking, hey, I need 10 extra badges and I don't want to pay for them and they give them the 10 extra badges and it goes to people that aren't helping, that's a different story. But if it's badges they're purchasing um, to have people there, then, you know. Oh, yeah. No. And that it, but that's the difference is that there are there were people walking around the show on other people's badges that didn't step foot in those booths that were on their badges. <laughs> they were just walking around. But yeah. I, I just think it's going to be really hard to, to fully police that because it's like if, if I give you – if I buy a ticket to a concert that I send you to the concert. Now, I know you'd want to go to it, but I bought the ticket. so. Yeah, we'll have you know, to see how it, how it pans out. Yeah. I think there's a, it's, a, it's a big topic of discussion it's right now. Pull. But uh, I, we'll have to see how it pans out. Um, right now, I can see on our on our end that John's video feed is frozen, although we can hear him fine. I'm not sure yeah. how, how he's – coming through to the audience whether if it's also just his audio oh now he's back now he's back i can see him now which is good to see him getting ready to light another cigar he's a biter uh, same stick yeah. oh same stick oh, okay but no i, I again I, I think that's a great topic a great point it's just it said it's it's hard to police it because say you buy 30 booth spaces that comes with a certain amount of badges um so you're always going to have people in there that aren't and and the the fact of them being obnoxious and annoying um that, that comes down to the individual booth basis. You've got to be strong enough that you're doing business there to say, I don't have time for this. You know, hey, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. I, I don't really have a lot of time right now. Uh, you can come back some other time. Um, or at the end of the day, hey, sorry, you know, right now the cigars we have and the time I'm spending is just with my retail partners, um, you know, and potential new retail partners. That's okay to say that. Like, and if someone gets offended by it, that, that's their problem. Um, you know, I'm there to do business. So if you're there to do business and somebody's infringing on your ability to do business, you need to tell them that that I, I don't have time to. And if you're concerned because they're an influencer, uh, you know, and they're going to talk bad about you, then you have to you know, weigh that issue. And I, I don't think that's that big of an issue. And if those people have that type of, you know, they got the other person receiving that information has to have the same type of respect back. So. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds in the future. Um, but, yeah, I would say number one thing is, you know, business comes first and people need to understand that and respect that uh, moving forward on the trade show. Um, I think we've really covered um, all of the interesting topics of the trade show. You know, we've covered a lot of the drama, the issues, what's new, what we saw. But, uh, John, 
I was curious to know, after all of that, is there anything else that maybe you had questions for us on, on what we saw, or what happened at the treasure floor, anything that, you know, we can account so, for? Yeah, so this was your first time going to the trade show. Uh, so yeah. what, As smoking tobacco, what, yes. Um, what about it surprised you? What was surprising? Um, you know, the, the biggest the biggest thing that surprised you. And then what was what was one thing you were expecting that you didn't see? That's an interesting question. Hmm. Um, the size of the booth, the booth. I the thing for me, me. though, it, it, it's tough because this show is much different than years past. So I mean, I guess, <sighs> I guess I was expecting to have the show smaller than in the past, but it was a l even. I think for and I think I speak for everyone when I say that it was even smaller than what we expected. Because, mm. um, I mean, even even Coop, the first night we came in, Coop made a comment along the lines of, like, I knew it was going to be smaller, but, wow, that's a tiny, tiny show floor. Um, it was smaller. And, and it doesn't necessarily, you know, like we said, you know, even the people who came, who normally, a lot of those people normally exhibit much larger, uh, and they d made it smaller this year. Um, that has an impact. There's the people who didn't come such as yourselves, and then the, the the main four companies who didn't come have the most massive booths ever seen. So them not being there, obviously, I think people thought it would be you know a lot smaller. But um, I don't think everyone took into the account of the smaller guys who have you know much smaller booths, maybe good size booths, but smaller booths who didn't come, as well as the people who did come who normally exhibit bigger, but their booths were smaller this year. Um, there's, so there's, there's different levels of how the show was smaller. I think people just expected it to be l bigger than it was, smaller, but bigger than it was. And then when it was all said and done, it was like, wow, this is really small. Um, so I would say that would be my comment on that. And then what did I expect to see that I didn't? I don't know. I don't. That's a tough one to answer because, I mean, I kind of went into it pretty open-minded and pretty... Everything that I expected to see, I think I either saw or I, it was maybe different than what I thought, but I st it still came to fruition in some way. Something that I didn't see, that's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, everything kind of was what I expected it to be. I guess I didn't, I didn't see as much. Uh, there was a, I mean, there was a lot of business being done. I, I guess. It, uh, it is kind of a small one. So the Gurkha booth, right? This is actually, this is interesting. This was a little bit of a topic of conversation. So the Gurkha booth, big booth still, um, as I believe it normally is, did not see a lot of business going on there. Wasn't as packed as I expected it to be. And at times it seemed a little quiet and slow. And I think there's a few reasons for that uh, that I don't know if we'll get into on the air, but I definitely expected to see a much more bustling Gurkha cigar booth given their size and everything like that. And it seemed a little quiet and stale for most of the show. I would say that that would be my take on that one. You know, it usually has a very large booth too as a Leva. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see that. But we, we did. Usually mm -hmm. theirs is quite substantial in space. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was It was actually, it was pretty decent. It wasn't as big as Gurkha, but it was still... It was pre yeah. it was pretty pretty good size. It was pretty good yeah, it was size. Probably their standard size then. But that booth was that booth was banging for most of the show. As was like 
plus Sensia had a decent yep. sized booth. They were banging. Padron. Uh, Padron. Theirs massive was, I booth. Think, normal I booth. think they brought their yeah. regular Drones booth. was their normal booth. Yeah. yeah. That one was always busy. Rocky Patel had a full size booth. That one was busy. Gurkha had arguably, footprint wise, the largest booth on the show floor. Not a lot of traffic. I mean, there was people there, but not like the other big booths were. I mean, the other big booths were busy, and they were not. And I thought that was very interesting. Nicole, do you have any takes on this? Can mm -mm. you answer these questions? No? I agree. You just agree with what I said? Yeah, because we saw the same things. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that's a good point. I guess that's a good point. So, yeah. Oh, like <laughs> that would be the... Uh, the oh, excuse me. It's been a long week. Um, that would be my interesting tidbit. I think in terms of the Gurkha booth thing, I think that without really getting too into it, because I, I don't want to, I think maybe, John, you you might have some ideas to why maybe that booth wasn't very busy, given its size, and other booths were. And uh, I know a few other people who I talked to who attended the show kind of said the same thing. So, Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously they had some social issues over the last year and a half, but um, I, I, their booth doesn't tend to be crazy all around anyway because their their products they, they're off they offer deals throughout the year um you know there's regular deals going on so and you get like say you miss it you know what i mean that you're going to be able to catch up on it if it's something that you need and have to have um so i think they're they're aggressive year-round with deals there's other companies that are too but uh, i think they're real aggressive year-round with deals and that plays a role um in that too where it's not a necessity of doing business um you know if you don't have to get there to get the deal. You don't have to rush to do it because the deal is going to be there for you. Absolutely. You know, and I think a lot of manufacturers who didn't attend the show, it sounds from the retailers I spoke to, they had already kind of reached out and done some orders and business and offered some incentives and deals before a lot of retailers even got to Las Vegas for the trade show. So you're going to see a lot of that going on too, and, and that's, that's a very good point that you make. Um, but, you know, other than that, that's the bulk of my uh, my post-game show, I would say, for PCA 2021. I would say, for me, looking on the outside, the thing I expected more that I didn't see was I know it was covered in the individual booths by a lot of media outlets. Um, I was surprised at how little attention, and maybe I just missed it, but how little attention I saw to the PCA exclusives in terms of people posting about them individually, talking about them individually because it was a huge buildup to the show and i know there was a lot of retailers that went because of the exclusive series i have to be there because i'm a major retailer and i have to have these exclusive series so i was kind of surprised that i haven't seen more of that maybe it's because the products aren't out there yet um, i know some of them are arriving in stores i think p johnson's is is starting to show up for some of the people um but uh, i was surprised that there was the there wasn't as much commotion as I expected from people and a much discussion, even for the people that I talked to that were at the show when they were there, of those exclusives. Because um, I thought that was that was played up real big growing into the show. And then seeing me when we got there, it, was, it wasn't the highlight and it wasn't the, the main discussion point, which I think, would, which I expected to be, we're going to really play this thing up. Absolutely. I would agree with you on that too. The, the, there wasn't as many show exclusives, but the ones that were there, it seemed like they were there, but they kind of fell by the wayside because that really wasn't the focus of attention. The focus of attention, yeah. I think, was people just just talking in general. I think the, the yeah. biggest part of the show was 
people just wanted to get together to, to catch up because they had a lot of these people haven't met in two years because they maybe maybe they only meet at the trade show and there wasn't a trade show last year. Maybe they didn't go to TPE and TPE is a different show and that's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, for, for a lot of people, I think that this trade show was the first time that they were able to connect uh, in like two years, which I think is a big deal. So I think that was more the emphasis and a lot of other things with the emphasis. And then it's like, well, we also is our show exclusive. Um, you know, I went to a lot of booths where we talked to them and they talked about everything else except for their show exclusive. And I was like, well, what do you have for an exclusive? Oh yeah. Um, well yeah, it's over here. And that was kind of the way, not that it's a bad thing. I think, and, I'm, and again, I don't want anyone to take the wrong way. I wasn't knocking anyone for that. It's just, I think that there's a lot of other bigger things on people's minds at this trade show versus, you know, you know what I mean? And then that's not a bad thing either. I mean, it's been a business wise. It's been, it's been a rocky 24 months. But, but I do think it's a, I don't know if it's a missed opportunity yet, but I think it's something that they'll need to examine in the future. I mean, that those PCA exclusives are one of the reasons why you're going to want to be there as a retailer. Because yeah. if you're not there, you can't get them. And I think that needs to be played up huge. I think every day uh, the PCA needs to go around and do a live video smoking an exclusive at one of the booths. I think there needs to be a picture of all the exclusives they had in one place. Um, you know, come to the PCA show to get this. So whenever you can play up that product, I think that that was one of the things that they're going to need to use going forward to try to encourage more attendance. And that and, and it obviously worked because there were people that went out. I know that I spoke to that are major retailers that like, all right, I want to go out and support the show. But the main reason I'm going, I got to get these exclusives because I can't not have these products in my retail store uh, with this big push that's going to be behind it. So I'd like to see a bigger push on that during the show maybe there will be after uh, but that was for me one of the more surprising things that i saw coming out of it yeah absolutely i would agree with that um but you know it was, it was a long show it was a it was a busy show it was a crazy show we, we, we worked it uh we worked so it hard tired. you know to, to <laughs> all the people who attended you know thank you for coming and and uh and to all the other you know like like i said i want to not only just just shout out to like the cigar coop team, the how about that cigar team. You know the half wheel guys were there; they were working it. You know Patrick Brooks and Charlie. I ran into all of them, and uh, you know they were really getting after it. And uh, you know everyone kind of you know had their challenges or whatever. You know the Plyman's Puff guys. Uh, I was able to do my Matt Booth impersonation with those guys at the Room 101 booth uh, before Matt came in and, and and tapped in to take over. Um, literally, literally, literally. Yeah. Um, and you know I just like to say you know to to Matt you know. Uh, Thanks for an amazing weekend. I don't think either one of us are ever going to forget it. Um, he knows what I'm talking about. Um, there was supposed to be a sex swing in the Room 101 booth. Uh, the bass did not show up. The swing was there, but the bass wasn't. Such a missed opportunity in my book. There was some Astroglide there. Uh, and condoms were given out, but that swing, what a missed opportunity. I could tell Matty was a little—he was a little let down by that. But as he said, next year's a new year, so we'll see what happens. Um, no, it was great. You know, to the people who did come, thank you for your time. Um, you know, thank you for giving us the time. You know, Nicole did a hell of a job. You know, getting all her all of our content up online. She's still got more to do. Um, yeah. You know, I have more to do. She's got more to do. But I just, you know, want to say, you know, good job to Nicole. Um, thank you for all your help. <laughs> you did a great job. And um, also, I want to take a minute to thank everyone who follows us for the engagement 
celebration, congratulatory comments. Thank you very much for all that, all the love and support. We really appreciate that. It's been yep. a very fun week. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Every, you know, that was the talk of the show after on day two. It was like, oh, congratulations. Oh, congratulations. I mean, we run into people we don't even know who, like, follow us online, which is great, and I love them all, and thank you for following. It's hard to, like, know who everyone's face is, but people and come up and like, congratulations. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and there might be a PCA wedding. There may be. There may be. Uh, I think this <laughs> wedding is also going to happen in Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, not the cheesy kind, but the nice, m more formal kind. But <laughs> I think it will probably happen out here as well. Uh, that's what the, that's what Nicole's uh, leaning towards. So yep. I told her she can have whatever she wants. Um, I'm, I'm learning early. so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's going to be the plan. So if you're going to PCA next year, uh, yeah, there could be some wedding parties that are going on too. And you are invited. So... Uh, we'll we'll get into that as as we get closer, but I think that's it. I'm good. Uh, I think we're. I think I'm good on my post game coverage, John. How you feeling? I'm excellent, man. I, I think you guys did a great job at the show. I'm glad to be glad to be back on here after a few weeks' absence. But uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your the rest of your time there in Vegas. Enjoy the shows tonight. I've got. Uh, I'll be in Georgia next week, um, up there, and then we've got our gourmet smoke session on July 28th. And then we also got a quick turnaround. We got one early in August, too, August um, 14th. This is a gourmet smoke session with our friends at Havana House up in Ohio. Uh, this is the cupcake. We're going to be Ooh. doing the cupcake. Ooh. There. So the cupcake. we've got the cupcake. And it's not it's not what you think of a cupcake. This is a six and a half by 60 ring gauge double arrow. Ooh. And that's for our friend Maddie Cupcakes, who runs Havana House West. Wow. And then obviously July uh, 29th, we've got the Regency Cigar Emporium 25th anniversary celebration and gourmet smoke session there. And I'm smoking that cigar now. So, uh, no, we're good. we got all sorts of stuff going on. I'll be back next week with you guys on Thursday. Boom. I think next week we have Terrence Riley from Agonorson Leaf, do we yes, not? Yes, it is. Yep. So we got, we got Terrence. We can talk to Terrence about how, even though I may be ineligible, uh, I've <laughs> given him a run for his money in the Coop Selfie Airport Contest. Um and he continues to try to be creative, although his flight home to Miami from PCA was that of the electrical port on the airplane for plugging in your phone. That was his creative photo. Um, it's a little weak, a little weak. Like, I get it, but, like, mm, you know, how about the guy, you know, Matt and Gary from How About That Cigar? Uh, they got a cockpit photo. So, I mean, if if I was eligible, that would have given me a run for my money, but I'm not eligible, so it, I still think I think they're in the lead. Our photo is better. I think ours is better, yeah. but in terms of official uh, eligible winners, I think right now they're in the lead. That's pretty good. Yeah, but it That's has pretty to be good. to to promote Cigar Coop. That doesn't promote it. So him. I've got, true, true. I've got a, well, I have a secret weapon that I'm going to bring up right now. <laughs> uh, do you still have the Cigar Coop cutout? So, actually, no. a funny story about that, and Nicole keeps not posting the video, even though I've asked her to, but we took the poster with us to the show floor. My intention was to give it to Coop, because I was like, you know what, we'll give it to him, whatever. I got the bright idea as we're walking through the convention hall. I got hall. the bright idea. Okay, whatever, Nicole. <laughs> I get the idea. Whatever you want, Nicole, except this idea is mine. Yes. <laughs> that, hey, let's have everyone sign it. So I literally went from booth to booth and I grabbed everyone and said, hey, we're doing this thing for Coop. And everyone was like, everyone, I told them, they were like, oh, fuck, yeah. I went to Pete Johnson, Michael Herklotz, um, you name it, everyone. Jose Blanco did it. Uh, the Newmans did it. Uh, 
I think the only person that didn't do it was maybe Rocky Patel. Kirk Kendall did it. Uh, Jeff Warshowitz did it. The Abe, Abe DeBobna did it. Uh, and every time I showed them, they and they'd see all the signatures, they'd be like, "Oh yeah," and they'd be like, "Yeah, let me sign that." And they loved it. And then at the end, I said, "Cooper, I have this poster for you." And he was like, "Oh great, yeah, I wanted to see it." And I go, ah, "I have a little bit of a surprise for you though." And he's like, "Oh okay." And I opened it and I said, "I got literally everyone I could on the show floor to sign this for you." And he's like, "Oh." Oh my God! And he was all excited. I thought he was gonna cry. I felt, you know, there was a lot of emotion there. You know, we everybody loves Coop. You know, he he's like that guy in the industry that I think we all love. That you know, he he's he's like maybe like maybe the quiet kid in the corner, but we all love him, and uh, we all want to show him our love. So, and everyone was so excited for that. Saying, yeah. So what I'm saying is, I need another copy of that thing, and I'm gonna take Coop places he's never been before. Ooh. He's talking about like the bathroom when he's taking a dump. I'm coming, in, I'm coming in really hot. If you can get me another copy of that, I'm going to take this to an entirely different level. Easy. And I'm going to come back the second half of the year and play in the second half. I'm going to be like the New England Patriots. We're going to come back 28-3 and win this game. So I need that cutout, and I'm taking Coop to high places. Okay. I can have a couple copies printed and emailed yep. to you, or, or uh, shipped to you, rather, uh, soon. You, you just You just need to tell me which one of your three addresses you'd like me to send it to. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Yeah, even he, even he doesn't know. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I lose track of him. But, yeah, we had – no, it, was, it was awesome, guys. You guys crushed it. And I uh, wish I could have been out there this year, but we'll go strong next year. And uh, I said it was still great to follow. It was, it was interesting to follow it from afar. Um, and from afar, everything looked excellent on what you guys presented. Well, and I, said, I felt like the show was good, too. You better be there next year because there's a wedding. <laughs> Well, yeah, so. yeah. I'll, be there one way. I'll be there one way or another. That's the yeah. thing. I mean, even if you don't exhibit, which I don't think that you will, like I think you'll definitely be there, but you're going to have to come because there might be a wedding for you to attend to and you're not missing that. So they're going to hold <laughs> so that over I'll, your head. John Carney will be at next year's PCA show one way or the other. John Boom. Carney will be there. We're going uh, to hold you to that because, I mean, I need I need some groomsmen in the wedding, so. You're up. Yeah, we uh, You're up, kid. We just looked at <laughs> venues and we're about to put a deposit down, so Yeah. Boom. Whatever boom, whatever boom. whatever she wants. Yeah, that's what he says, but he wants to get married in Vegas, so I do, but you know, whatever she wants to do. I'm I'm not I'm not picky. Whatever she picks will be happy I'll be happy with, so mm-hmm. that's it. That's all I got. Um guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for all of the coverage. Uh, I'm wa- watching all of our coverage, rather. Yep. Um, don't forget to check out all of the interviews on YouTube. We're still uploading them. Uh, there's a lot of them up, but there's a lot more to go. It's just like I well, said, there's our, like five or six. Our our, our internet out in Vegas right now in the hotel and stuff like that. It's a, a little slow, so we're working on that. And uh, there'll also be more stuff coming on the website when we really have time to get down and write some stuff and and shake some stuff out as time goes on. So just keep an eye out for that. Be patient, and uh, we'll see you next week with Terrence Riley. It's going to be a great time. Boom. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye.